Hi guys, it's Donnie here from Dare to Believe podcast. Billy's away today, but we've got a special guest. We've got Kevin Walker from my homeland, England. Hello, Kevin. Hiya. Now, I met Kevin probably about two years ago when yeah. we both worked in the care industry. And our paths crossed, and obviously, Kevin filled me in a bit about his life, what he liked, and that. And it turns out we have quite a lot of. Uh, similarities in our uh, interests and Kevin obviously has a vast amount of experience to do with the paranormal spirituality and then I found out more recently mediumship and transfiguration and the list grows and grows and grows yeah uh, I thought Kevin brilliant to get on this show and pick his mind and find out a bit more about what transfiguration is how transfiguration works mm. down the line we'd like to actually in person experience Kevin doing this if he's up for that, so that'd be quite exciting. So welcome, Kev. Uh, would be interesting sometime to to um, have a go at that. Um, there is a video of me on the witch's hideaway. Yes, I've just been accepted to that. Yeah, so you can you can have a look and and see there and get an idea as to what happens. Um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to get some video footage of you and images and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, part of the show we want is obviously hear your stories and your experiences, but then it'd be nice to have evidence with it as well, like actual. Yeah. For us yeah. to see. Good. Um, it started for me. Um, oh, what should we say? It's about eighteen, nineteen years ago. Um, when I first went on a ghost hunt with... Is this uh, Transfiguration, or was this medium, uh, medium general? Well, the, um, the, the leading up to the Transfiguration. Okay. Um, I mean, I'd been sensing um, things um, from the age of uh, about five. Uh, okay. uh, saw my, had my first paranormal experience, ghostly experience, when I was about 12 or 13. Okay, well, what and was then, that? Um, I'd, in, we'd moved to a big old eight-roomed house in Bromley, in Kent. Oh, yes. And from the time we moved in, I kept saying to Mum, I just feel like I'm being watched. I feel like, and it was the usual, oh, it's because you're small and it's a big house, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but this went on and on and on. And eventually... One night, I'd popped upstairs to the loo, and lights on at the bottom of the stairs, top of the stairs, as always. And I always used to run down the stairs with one hand on the wall and one hand on the banister, so I made sure that I was steady. <laughs> yeah. And as I came out of the bathroom and got to the top of the stairs, I'd got one foot over the top of the first stair and starting to lean forward, and I just hit an icy cold barrier, and it was just like I was frozen in time. Oh, wow. And the bottom of the stairs was a misty grey shape of a man. Um, I can only describe him as in like an Edwardian type outfit, long coat, narrow trousers. I could see down to his ankles, but then it was sort of misty. Yeah. Um, he had behind his, you know, hands behind his back holding a hat, which was like an old stovepipe hat with a bit of a rib around it. Yeah. And he turned and he looked up at me and he pointed and he just opened his mouth. 
but his face was very, very sunken and sallow. Um, he looked as if he'd been really, really ill. Yeah. Uh, and then he turned and faded through the wall. And as he did that, I started to lurch forward. Um, I bounced down so many stairs and flipped over the banisters and crashed through into the kitchen area, um, startling oh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you're not going to believe what I've just seen. And as I said that, my dad was always rubbish, no such thing, because I haven't seen it or experienced it, it doesn't exist. Yes, yes. Mum looked at me and went, oh, you've seen him. And I just what? And she said, well, a couple of times in the night I've woken up and thought I'd seen an old man standing at the end of the bed. I'm like, what did you do? Guys, I'm really sorry about this bit. We lost audio for two minutes and we've tried numerous times to get the audio back. But this was a live Skype recording, a live, live recording. And sadly, two minutes of the conversation when Kevin's talking about that first encounter with the man at the bottom of the stairs and his mum saying she saw someone. We lost those bits. So you can skip forward another minute or so and you will see Kevin and me continue the conversation what we will do is we will probably come back and record this session again in the near future just because the audio quality of the live recording I think was very poor and we want Kevin's story to come out as best as possible so yes, we will redo Kevin's beginning stories, his origin story again, so you can hear it clearer and in much better detail. So again, thanks for your patience. And in the next couple of seconds, we should have audio come back and you will hear Kevin continue his story with me. Thanks again for being patient. And here we go. Kevin is back. Um, everybody just looked at each other and I got up and I carefully opened the door, no light on, but the dog went to the bottom of the stairs and just looked up and stood there what? staring up the stairs. Um, that went on quite a few times, and then I got the name Cyril come to me because I actually said, no, who are you, what do you want? And yeah. this just popped into my head, Cyril. So I re started referring to him as Cyril. Um, then uh, we had uh, one of my brother's friends lodging with us, and we shared the back bedroom in the house. Um, Mum and Dad were on a while on holiday. Everybody else was out. There was only him and I there. He'd gone to bed early because he had work the following day. And being a weekend, I didn't have to get up. So I'd stayed up late until 
getting on for one in the morning. It was about oh, 15 or so. Yeah. Um, I went up to bed, went to bed, and the bedside light out. And I always slept with the covers twisted and pulled run up over my head so that it was just this visible of me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the covers were yanked out of my hands and folded neatly in half, halfway down the bed. Um, needless to say, I shrieked like a schoolgirl. Um, this woke up my brother's friend and I said, don't worry, it's not you, it's me, just leave it. And he went back to sleep and I could see this figure standing in the doorway just poking his head round. And I just said, go away and turned over and I managed to get some sleep. Over a period of time, I turned the back bedroom, uh, back room of the house, the spare room. Um, basically, it was almost like a pet shop. I had lizards, I had snakes, I had about eight aquariums down there. And I was sitting reading the book on fish one evening by the light of the aquariums. And he appeared in the doorway. And it was just the same there. guy from all these premises. Same guy, yep. And it just really annoyed me. And I remember throwing the book that I had that went through him and hit the wall and then landed on the floor and just using every swear word I could think of under the sun and telling yeah. him to go away and leave me alone. And after that, I never saw him. Think he was winding you up or? I don't know whether he might have been a guide that was coming through, but just attempting it the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, he could have been somebody from uh, the manor house, because my old school was two roads away, and it was actually the manor house once upon a time. Massive place. And we had a chap... Um, come walking up the road one day asking if we knew where the well was. And we're like, no, nothing around here. And talking to our neighbour, he said that um, he'd had somebody come years ago looking for the well. Okay. Uh, but he didn't know where it was. And I found a book on Old Bromley and looked up Quernmore School, or Quernmore, and sure enough, on this old line drawing was the manor house, orchards, and then a well. Okay. And suddenly the back corner of our garden kept collapsing. And Dad started doing some excavating and found a half circle of bricks. Part of it was under the under the foundations for the house yeah. and part of it in the corner of the garden. Um, and he, he joined two or three broom handles together and started poking down this hole and it could have gone on forever. Um, so he, he just filled it in with a load of rubble and stuff and soiled over it. So... Could it have been something to do with those days? Because in times of trouble, conflict, whatever else, who knows, um, they used to hide things down the wells. Okay. And maybe that I was the only one sensitive enough and that I was actually open to be able to see him. He was trying to get my attention for something. So you think um, you trying to see if Satan was down there? Or? I really, really honestly don't know. Um, but as I say, things just stopped, and I never saw anything after that, not for a long time. So you never saw this 
civil guy ever again. No, no, I often wonder um, whether he's still there. Uh, um, I did actually stop outside the house one day, um, and the new or the people that bought it from us, um, she came walking along. And she was rather grumpy about it. And I said, oh, I, I grew up here. And she said, well, you don't live here now. And told me to off, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I would really, really love to get in there and just call out Cyril and see yeah. the reaction at all. Um, it really, really fascinates me. Um, but, I mean, nothing happened then... Um, until I was 20, 22, coming up 23, when I took up nurse training at Lewisham. Okay. Um, and just started my second year, and we had to do um, eight weeks of night duty. And on my first night on duty, I was sitting there at the table in the middle of the ward, talking to the charge nurse, and I stopped mid-sentence, and I looked towards the ward doors, and it was the old type of doors. You let them go, and they swing still. Yes, okay, yeah. The left-hand door opened over halfway on its own and stayed like it, as if somebody was holding it. And this charge nurse just looked at me and mouthed, couple of naughty words um and i said come and join us my friend you're more than welcome there's an empty seat and the door slowly shut a couple of nights later i'm sitting on duty with a, a student nurse and we could hear like slippers on the lino coming up the ward and she got a torch and I said, don't worry. I said, there's no one there. But she wouldn't believe me. I said, it will stop right behind my chair. She said, how do you know? I just said, trust me. Yeah. She checked. Everybody was all tucked up in bed, sound asleep. Um, the following night, we heard a rumbling noise in a locked side room with brass handles and a padlock and chain around it. And my first thoughts were, don't tell me, somebody's broken in for a laugh through the sash called windows and, you know. Yeah. Went to open the doors and the door hit against the big heavy recliner chair. Um, and as I stepped into the room, I just went icy cold with a, a sort of a, a tingling feeling from head to foot. And I just thought, hmm, yes. Pushed the chair into the back left-hand corner of the room, went out locked the door up again, sat down. About 15 minutes later, the same noise again. And I just said, I don't believe this. I walked up down there, opened the door. The chair was in the middle of the room. Um, yeah. But it didn't spook me as much as when I was a kid, you know. I was just like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah. This, this thing's dealing with. This is obviously somebody that's lost. Yeah. Uh, I grabbed a cup of coffee, you haven't heard that, from the drinks machine, and had a quick swig, gave it back to this student nurse, and I walked in there and I sat on this chair. And I, I don't know where the words came from. I just said, now move it, I defy you. The trouble is, my friend, you feel people are ignoring you. 
They are not. It's simply a case of they cannot see you. Your earthly body has gone. You are spirit. You are free of pain and any suffering. And what you need to do is to look around you for that really, really bright light and walk into that light because your loved ones are waiting for you with open arms and so much love. And the atmosphere in that room just lifted. And I was, did I just say that? Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Um, so at, to this point there, I assume you were always a believer? Um, at that point, because you're seeing quite a lot of stuff there. Or... Yeah, I was still sort of like, well, something obviously happened. Something goes on when, after we die. Yeah. Um, and when I was dealing with dead bodies, one of the um, sisters on the ward, she said to me, the first thing that we always do is open the window to let the spirit out. Okay. And that was something that I always did whenever dealing with dead bodies. Or people was that something that... they chose to do or was it something they were taught to do? I think it was something that was just became a tradition. Okay. Nursing. Um, but again, things settled down. Um, I had the odd experience now and again on the build-up to um, the transfiguration. Um, one day I had to go to Guy's Hospital and take a patient up there, and they said, oh, we'll have to go through the underground tunnel where the, all the pipe work and oxygen pipes and things go. And all the porters just looked at each other and said, well, who's going? Um, and the penny dropped, um, and we walked through the tunnels, and this chap said to me, right, I'll wait for you when you've had patient over, and I'll guide you back. And I said, okay. Um, turned around afterwards, and he was gone. So I made my own way back down through the tunnel, and halfway through the tunnel, I hit that icy cold barrier, and I put my back against the wall, and as I came around this bend in the tunnel, on the floor, it looked like somebody had poured from a jug very, very gently two litres or so of blood. Bright red blood. There was no splash marks to it, from it, no trails or anything else, no drips on the ceiling. And I just said, OK, my friend, I'm sorry, but I cannot help you right now, but I'm sure somebody will be able to in the future and went back to the porter's lodge. And as I poked my head round the door to thank them, um, they all looked at each other and I said, oh, thanks for telling me about the tunnel. And they right. said, what do you know? And I said, well, you've got a puddle of blood down there to clear up. And their mouths just dropped and they all looked at each other. Um, so it was obviously something that had been seen before. Um, so how does, that's, that fascinates me, how does, blood just uh, just appear but what is it is it actually physically blood or is it it was actually physically blood that i could see yeah I didn't, I didn't touch it for obvious reasons yeah. infection or whatever else but it was definitely a big puddle of blood that's crazy it makes me how do they how do they bring it's it weird. to there where's it come from it's yeah yeah it's it's weird and um, i mean i know having taken patients that have pulled a drip out, you know, if they're on a trolley and the blood's dripping on the floor, you're going to get splash marks. Yeah. 
but there was absolutely none of it. She just accumulated as a pool. Yeah. Wow. So do you think, obviously that first one when you, when you said that stuff to that man, that was the first start of transfiguration, that you know it was transfiguration at the time? No, that, that for me that was a spirit rescue. Okay. He needed help. After the nursing, uh, and I moved around a bit between um, Bromley, Farnborough, Orpington, Thanet, and up here in um, Lowestoft and, then, and also Norfolk, where I am now. Um, but 30, nearly 30 years ago, when I had to give up nursing, I was up here in Norfolk, and I moved back down to Kent, uh, Bromley area, and then down to Maidstone. And it was while I was in Maidstone that I started seeing um, much, much more and it was um, visitations, full-on, solid-looking apparitions, um, and the shadow people every night. Um, and I joined a ghost hunting group, and it was while I was out on these ghost hunts that I'd found myself drawn to the darkest corners of rooms, and I would just sit and relax close. But I found my head dropping, and everybody... It sounded like they were getting further and further away from me. Yeah. Um, and every time a colleague shouted in my ear to snap me out of it and bring me back, and they kept saying, oh, he's going into trance, stop him. Um, and I used to say, why? And they yeah. said, because well, we don't know what's going to happen. And I said, well, neither do I, and the only way to find out is to let it happen. But they wouldn't. Um, Eventually, a friend, Joanne, and I set up our own group and had quite a lot of success with that, and, um, or with a couple of groups. And eventually, we set up another group, um, Maidstone Afterlife Seekers. Um, and I said, well, if we're going to do this, then we're going to run with it, see what yeah. happens, because that's the only way we will find out. Um, the very first time I did it was in the air raid tunnels down in Ramsgate. Um, and I don't know why, but something said to me that I needed a red light, a red torch, red light. Um, we were in this tunnel and they said to, said to me, well, just let us know where and when you want to do it. So we walked into a little offshoot. And I said, here. So I stood, I had the red light shining up on, upwards to my face and took my glasses off. And I, whenever I, I'm doing transfiguration or expect to do it, I make sure that I either take the guard off my clippers so I've got no hair or yeah. I wet save my head, make sure I'm clean shaven, glasses off, eyes closed, and I just concentrate on my breathing and relax and my shoulders start to droop my head goes forward and I get mental images come to me of whoever spirit wise is around yeah yeah so basically I just some people say that it's dangerous because I'm just opening up to any spirits um I don't feel that I feel I'm just giving those that probably don't have a chance to come through to come through 
Um, I have had one or two. Two. Narky ones, shall I say? Mm. I I mentally boot them out. Yeah. Um, and you have seen there's a photograph, haven't you, of you doing this? And there's yeah. a like a an orb or. That was like, on the um, stage at the Theatre Royal in Margate. Um, okay. While I was doing it, I had a mental image of an old woman, um, and there is a misty shape forming behind me um nobody else could well some people said that they 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 thought they could see something um in the darkness um but somebody took a picture i believe it was on their um on the their telephone on their mobile phone um and it shows something materializing behind me yeah we'll bring that picture up after but yeah quite an interesting uh, photo yes yes very and this chap came through to me, I saw saw this mental image um, and I felt my face start to to change, I I felt I got choppier cheeks, my voice started to change. Sometimes my voice will change, sometimes it won't. Um, And as I felt this taking place, it suddenly felt and to me, in my mind's eye, it was as if I'd stepped out of my body and I was actually looking at the back of my head. I could see the back of my head as this came through. Um, team members were asking questions and apparently this chap told them his name, uh, what year it was, and some other details about his daughter. Um, after to the investigation, one of the team members did some investigation work and research and found that there was a man with that name who lived about two roads away and he would have used those air raid tunnels during the war. Wow. Um, really, really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, transfiguration, when it takes place, um, you can actually... Oh, some people can, some people can't see uh, spirit's face in front of mine, and I feel as though my face is changing. Um, apparently, what happens is they almost somehow, some people say it's ectoplasm, yeah. I don't know, they create like um, a mask, if you like, a 3D mask, which is in front of your face, about an inch, inch and a half face, and that. Okay is what people see. So, is that individual? So, those people watching it, will they see something different? Or do they... So, what I'm trying to say is, each person looking at you, are they seeing it in their own mind on you? Or is it actually physically in front of you so everyone will see the same thing? Everyone sees the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 actually, so it is actually a physical thing, and it's not internally in their own mind yeah, seeing it? It's... It's, um, yeah, it, it, it seems to be a, um, an actual physical thing because they can see um, or they will describe pe- um, eyes that are open, looking around. Um, they may see me with a beard, with hair. Um, they may see me a bit shorter in, in stature or a bit taller and thinner. Yeah. Um, um, it, it does seem to be a physical thing. And this red light thing was purely something that you come up with 
You said the thing to use it. There's no actual reasoning. I, I don't know the reasoning behind it. Um, for me, it was as if um, somebody, whether it be one of my guides or somebody in spirit, said to me, red light, you need a red light. Um, I have actually done some uh, research on, um, on the internet and in um, old books on this sort of thing. And apparently... Uh, I don't know when it started, but a red light is what um, people that do transfiguration always use. Okay. Um, I have done it, it once without any light, um, in uh, actually in daylight, in sunlight, um, whilst in um, a witch's... Um, what's the word? It's like a... It was like a, 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 a huge shed that they'd got all their witch things and everything else. Okay. And I was sitting relaxing um, with Joanne opposite and him sitting alongside me. And they said, well, try it because you don't need the light to do it or darkness and, and the red light to do it. Uh, I thought, well, we'll give it a try. Um, and apparently, yes, I, I did it. Okay, um, so it's Still Another way I can actually do a similar thing is by uh, mirror gazing. Um, yes. And for that, I basically have a mirror in front of me, yeah. and, and um, I've done it with candlelight or somebody shining a white torch above the mirror on the wall. Yeah. Um, and I just gaze into the mirror, but... Um, I, it's like looking past your reflection, if that okay. makes sense. You focus on on what's behind you. Yeah. And it got to the stage where within 30 seconds, my face had changed. Yeah. Um, I did it once at um, an investigation we did, and unofficially, nobody knew. I'd gone into the to the gents. And there was a mirror there, and as I, I glanced in the mirror, um, I had a beard, moustache, I had thick hair, um, a black naval uniform with brass buttons and epaulets, and I was just like, oh, um, sorry, I didn't mean to do this. Um, right, thank you, bye. <laughs> and went and finished the investigation. And I got home about three o'clock in the morning went to bed. Um, following morning when I or later on when I got up, um, my mother said to me, Oh, has Mickey told you about the man? That's my brother, Mick. And I said, No, what and uh, he said that he got up at about six in the morning, went to go downstairs with the dog, and the dog just stopped at the top of the stairs and was looking down and he's trying to urge the dog to go down the stairs and when he looked there was a man in a naval uniform standing at the bottom of the stairs with one hand on the banister <laughs> uh, waiting to come up the stairs who then disappeared and several times after that my mother thought she thought I'd got up earlier somebody in a dark clothing you know, walked past her bedroom door towards yeah. my room um, and I just thought, well, I'm sorry, you've got a bit of a wait because we're not going back for another fortnight. Um, and you can come back. It became a joke 
uh, with us in the family that I would bring them home and keep them in the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> so your brother was quite open to it as well then, he believes. Yeah, mum, I used to play her EVP recordings that I'd done and that sort of thing, show her pictures, photographs that we'd taken and she was very interested in it. Uh, but there was a physical link between mum and I. We used to feel each other's physical pain. Okay. Um, which was quite interesting. Um, when I was um, undergoing an operation and she was on holiday down in Cornwall. Uh, <laughs> but that's another story. Um, so, yes, the, the transfiguration and the mirror gazing are, are sort of linked. Um, I just felt that in my my path of all these spiritual things and experiences, that that is what um, my guides were actually pushing me towards. Yeah. Uh, telling me that I should be doing this. Um, yes, I've done readings for people from various things, a sheet of screwed up A4 paper to some um, scribbles from colouring pencils that they've held to uh, um, a card that they've held and put their energy into um, and other things, psychometry. Um, but it's really the transfiguration and such that I do love and the spirit contact seeing them. Um, yeah. So transfiguration is something you still want to pursue and continue doing? Yes. Like you should be doing it still? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, as, you know, there aren't many people that do it. Not now. No, not, no, no. I think it became a big thing um, probably in the... I don't know, the... 30s to early 60s something like that um, and it just sort of seemed to fizzle out um, I think a lot of people got a, that were doing they all got sort of attacked by the press immediately there was a lot of um, charlatans and scams and then they was held up in courts and stuff yes, yes. Like they believed they were faking ectoplasm they were faking using them was it what's that word was, was muslim or sank yeah muslim yeah yeah cloth so, and yeah, yeah, I think they got a lot of damaged reputation. And if yeah. you did do transfiguration, you kind of got attacked, didn't you? You weren't really taken seriously. Yes, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, there are a lot of mediums out there, even to this day, um, that can and do get away with faking things. Yeah. Um, uh, cold reading. Um, they will stand up and they'll say, oh, I've got a person here, it's a B-sounding name, it might be Billy, it might be Barry, it might be Barbara, and they're just hoping that somebody says, oh, yes, I can take that. Yeah. Um, to me, that is, that is just blatant cold reading and fishing. A, a good, true medium will stand there and say, I've got this person, the name is this, and it's for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether, because I always believe if it's a gift, then surely it's not going to be as common as what it now nah, seems like every other person now is doing this. Uh, yes. Yes. I get all, all spiritual, but I assume some people are far better at communicating than others, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And transfiguration, obviously, is very, you can't fake that. Well, you can, but nowadays the technology is very hard to sort of fake yeah. it now. I mean, so many eyes on you. Yeah, I say I have had. Um, there's one particular guy who comes through, 
Um, his name's Jack. That's all I know. Yeah. Very thin-faced man, pointed chin, thick, bushy eyebrows. You, I suppose you could say your typical silent movie villain-looking character. Um, but the first time he came through, um, he was just so arrogant and sneering at everybody. Yeah. Um, really uh, just a nasty air about him and yeah. um, I got rid of him and um, on other occasions he's come through and I've got rid of him and Joe who was always there for me um, to help me come back and to come out of it um, Joe is your friend is she, is she lady who's a witch? Yes yeah, she, she, um, she learnt witchcraft and she's got uh, her own um, huge group now with over 1,500 um, worldwide members. Wow. Um, and we met through ghost hunting. Um, and she knew that if she saw me just shaking my head like this, it was because either he was there or yeah. I had a narky one, as I put it, trying to come through. And I was just basically mentally telling them, sling it. Yeah. Um, but what is the future what is the future of transfiguration what is why do they communicate this way for one what are they trying to achieve through transfiguration more than other type of mediumships or boys <laughs> and stuff and then where the, where is it leading to I, I feel that it's um, making more of a physical presence known rather than or there was a creak or a knock or, or you might have seen a little tiny speck of light disappear. Yeah. Um, and I think in a lot of cases at the moment, especially for me, there are times when one will come through and they might be through for two or three minutes and then change. But there are times when one will come through, they won't say anything, they just want to look around and see who's there and gauge what's happening and then they're gone and then another one will come through and do the same um like i say i feel it's just that they want to make their presence better better known um than just maybe they don't quite have that energy to to materialize fully okay. um but they use me as a conduit and they can then they perhaps they just find it a bit easier to just sort of step through me, I suppose, or into me, um, make their presence known. It's, uh, fasc it's fascinating. It's thank you that I said to you before. I've never seen it in person. Uh, they say I just want to physically see. You got, you got, not many people have, apparently. <laughs> no, no. Um, but maybe, maybe that's whether it can be taught, I don't know. But it seems like it needs to be shared more, doesn't it? It's yeah. very, very niche. Yeah, there was um, an occasion I did it at the Ore Gunpowder Works over in Faversham. Yeah. And um, at the time, I almost found it a little bit difficult to sort of get going. Whether um, there was just something with me, um, whether I wasn't in the right frame of mind, I, I just couldn't say. Um but as I started doing it, um, Joe was on my right and our other friend was 
just over slightly on my left um, and they could see a dark figure um, standing between Joe and I with one hand on Joe's shoulder and one hand on mine and it was almost as if the only way I could describe it was like they were trying to jump start me using <laughs> her energies. Yeah, yeah. the only thing I could think of um, and then I went into the transfiguration and I walked through a young lad um, he was about 13 years old and had worked there um, and I don't know if you know anything of the history of the place um, but there was a massive explosion there and okay. the, the um, vibration sound effects of it were actually heard and felt in London wow. and, the, and the explosion was heard in France um, and wow. this, this young lad he was totally bewildered he must have been killed instantly um, because he was crying. Um, I ended up physically crying. Um, and he was just like, what What happened? Why? How? What? what where? How? And he was yeah. just happy to be with. Um, this, was this the one where your eyes was black? And when yes. Um, as I came out of it, um, normally when I, I, I tend to come out of Transfiguration, I raise my head right up and open my eyes and as I did for at least 15 seconds 20 seconds maybe I couldn't actually see anything um, but my friends that were there and had stepped right up alongside me um, actually said oh my god his eyes are jet black um, and then after that I just blinked a few times and I was I was fine I was yeah. Uh, it leaves me drained of energy. Sometimes it will give me a headache, yeah. uh, and I need a, um, something sweet and sugary to kickstart me and get my energy back again. June, I've seen that with this Elaine Faulkner. She says she doesn't know what's being said while she's in that state. So the stuff that she says or doing when she comes back, she has no idea. So she has to ask people, "How was it?" Yeah. Because she has no idea. Is that what it's like for you? Um, most of the time, occasionally I can remember odd little pieces. Yeah. Um, but generally, when once I'm once I'm back, um, I don't I don't remember a lot of it. Um, yeah. I I might remember the odd sort of image flash of of whoever it was. So do you um, have to do um, a meditation before and stuff? Do you have like a set way of doing things to read into it? Or what I tend to do is I like to if I can take five or ten minutes out and just go and sit quietly and just concentrate on my breathing um, because my breathing um, slows down almost to a stop when I, when I do it. Um, yeah. And afterwards, when I come out of it, I'm like, <gasps> take a deep breath um, because my, my breathing, it would be interesting actually for somebody at some point when I do it, to record my respirations and my pulse rate. So that'd be quite interesting, yeah, to have a... To see a how, it, how much it drops. Because yeah. I'm not one of those people that can just go, oh, I'm going to meditate, because I've got so many things floating around, I just can't shut my brain off. Yeah, yeah. But 
on those occasions and in haunted locations, I find that I can just chill out. I can just forget everything, providing I'm away from everybody. There's no distractions of torches yeah. and people talking, that sort of thing. Um, usually about five or ten minutes, and then my head starts to go down as, as I feel them come through. Is it always strangers? I've seen up with this Elaine Forbes, she has the one guy, well, she has two, a woman as well now. Oh. It's the same person that comes from channels through. Do you get anything like that? A similar uh, person that will follow the, you around? And... Um, the ones that have come through a couple of times, uh, one was an old snaggletoothed lady who was known as a witch. Um, she'd come through a couple of times, and she's the only female that I've had um, come through. Um, and the other one is Jack, but Jack. And he's Jack's recurring person, you bet. Yes, he's come through a couple of times. Uh, to, he's come through about three or four times actually. Um, but he will try coming through again once I've got rid of him. He will try coming through again. Sometimes, as a younger person, it will be a nice smile and mm. a, maybe a little bit of a laughter and such. And once they think, oh, he's okay, and then bang. Jack's back, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so, are you able to, when you when you're doing this, is it just? Sorry, that's my dog barking in the background. If you can hear that. Uh, do you? Are you able to sort of interact while doing this? So, are you in a place where people can ask you questions and you get answers through the guides and um, stuff, or is it more just you take it in and edit it out without any? Yeah, it's. Um... When I when I open up to them and say I'm, it's not a case of oh you know you want me to bring through Uncle Fred and Aunt Doris or whatever so I'll bring them through I just literally open up to any spirit that are yeah. around um, when they come through um, it just becomes like I'm on autopilot I'm yeah. just my arms and my legs and I and my body just feels like a sack of lead yeah. Um, and and they take over. Um, Joe will ask questions. Who are you? How old are you? What do you do? And if they want to answer, they will answer. Um, and as I said, I sometimes you can interact through through that. So you can be in a place, and then Jack, for instance, can be answering questions. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she she will ask questions of, of spirit, um, you know, who are you, how old are you, and that sort of thing. I've I I feel I need to do it more and more and more because um, a lot of the time lately they've come through me, but it's just as if they want recognition that somebody can see them. Okay. And then they're gone. Yeah. Why is that, Shereen? Why do they? I mean, why are they hanging around just to speak to random people on Earth? Why are they not just actually looking after themselves and bugging off and having a nice time somewhere else? Exactly. Um, I really, really have no idea. Um, some people say that they're drawn to the energy that you have, that you give out. Yeah. Um, and to manifest and show themselves, they need that energy like a battery. Um, and that's why on a lot of investigations that we have battery-operated equipment, um, batteries get drained quite quickly. And uh, it seems to be a recurring thing, doesn't it? Batteries deplete, and that's what you think it is. They're pulling 
Yes, yeah, and it's like they're, they're around, you're the one that's got all the energy, all this spiritual energy, I don't know what you call it, um, electrical energy in you, and they just come and, and draw on that. Yeah. Um, but I so love it, doing it. Is it something down the line that is possible to do? Like, could myself and Biddy speak to whoever is next to you? If you, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, quite possible. Quite possible. That, that'd, be, that'd be quite fascinating. I've, when I first mentioned, um, I went to see another trance medium, um, and she said, just, if you want to do it, just do it. That's what I did. And I said, well, what do you mean? Yeah. She said, well, I felt that I was going into trance, and one day I just thought, let's do it. And I yeah. said, were you not worried about coming out of it? Because there are stories of people that have been, if you like, taken over by spirit, um, and then they suffer from, or they end up being diagnosed as schizophrenic, split personality, and that sort of thing. Um, And she said, no, if you're going to do it, trust in your guides and just do it um i really want to take that step but scary I'm, though yes I'm, I'm always used to having somebody in the room with me yeah um, and at the moment here in norfolk it's just me um yeah. it sounds like it's one of those things where you definitely need an, a human not as good as a spirit guy but you need a human mentor yes. someone there that well, you need see stuff, yeah. obviously to ask questions. Yeah, yeah. Prompt spirit, um, but you also need somebody to help to sort of, if you like, guide you back to to you again. Yeah, yeah. Um, one day I will pluck up the courage and just say, right, let's turn on the red light, and and do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, since I moved to this house, um, the very first day when I got the keys. Um, I walked in through the front door and I actually spoke to the spirit of the chap that basically lived here all his life and um, his wife. Um, and the energies just feel absolutely comfortable, fantastic. Um, during my first week here, I kept seeing a cat out of the corner of my eye walking across the corner of the room. Uh, something I don't have and wouldn't have. I'm not a, a cat person. I like dogs. Um, and then one evening, about 11, quarter past 11 at night, the living room door was shut and it's it's got glass panels in it. And I was sitting on the laptop and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a pair of legs from the waist down just walk through the door. <laughs> and I just glanced across as they started disappearing and I went, all right, Albert, it's only me, you know me, you know, everything's all fine. And... I've not seen anything else since, other than one night, because I talked to my guides and my parents that are in spirit of a night time, and I don't know whether it's something to do with that point that you're on the point of falling asleep. Um, yeah. I've got my eyes closed, but there was a really, really bright light alongside me, just as if somebody had turned on an LED torch and was shining it at me. Yeah. And this was after I'd spoken to Spirit. 
Um, and then it started quickly fading, and just as I opened my eyes, it was gone. Um, so, but I keep sitting here of an evening and of a night time saying, please, my guides, my guardians, whoever, start bringing through some spirits, start bringing yeah. through that I can communicate with, that I can talk to. Um, but it's just, it's like I feel as if I've been abandoned. That makes Maybe. sense. Maybe the fact that now you're coming on the show and this, this is going to go out onto iTunes and everywhere around the world, you're actually sending a signal out say, actually, I'm open now. Because you're really? public. You're not just on your own saying You're now saying, look, I'm serious enough. I'm going out and I'm throwing it out to the world. Yeah. Someone come to me. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe that's the first, the first door opening. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. They say um, people in spirit, they like to see people not just wish for things to happen, to actually take the steps and to take the first bit of action and then yeah. they come. Yeah. Because otherwise, why, why do we just give everything to everyone that sits there asking for stuff? No. Take a yeah. step, take the action, and then we'll come. Yeah. And they yeah. do say that the more you want, the more you won't get. Yes. That You've got to let go. I'm being too, too um, bring it on, so to speak. And then happens with relationships, doesn't it? The more you end up wanting that person you like, the more they go, not yeah. interested. Yeah. So can you go, oh, stuff it, I'm moving on. They're like, oh, I like you, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to let go in you. Carry on with your journey. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, um, but oh, yes, you know, it's, um, as I say, there's so many things have happened over, over the years. Um, and there are times when I've sat there and I might have heard somebody speak. Um... I might have seen something move. Um, I might have felt a presence, and I'm like, "But why can you not do it all at once? Appear before me, say hello, and here, do you want this? You know, um, yeah. if only, if only." Yeah, I mean, when I first got interested in this sort of stuff, I went to a few circles, and they were eye-opening. But there were some things that you talk about these fake mediums and you, you you just want some real tangible proof and there was yeah. a couple of older people that were part of the circle and they would do a read on, on you it's very vague and then they would say this person wants to give you an orange or they want to give you this flower and I was just like but they don't do they why would anyone that I've known in my life randomly go to me here's an orange that means nothing to me so because of your generation people did give oranges as presents because there was a a lack of money and stuff so, yeah. but it's almost like they're they're taking their beliefs and their mindset and putting it onto us because no one I know in my family would say to me that a past or alive would say well I'm going to see Donny, I've not seen him in years, he wants to hear from me personally in spirit so I'm going to give him an orange yeah. <laughs> there's no yeah, <laughs> I can relate yeah. to with an orange yeah, I mean tangible. I wanted to go right, well, is this physical thing that you love, is a guitar there you go this is your favourite song. Yeah. Right, now, I'm, now I'm believing. I am believing. I, I joined the circle, um, and at the time he was a well-known medium down in Kent, um, and I actually had uh, past life regression with him as well. Wow. Um, that is something else that um, fascinates me. Um, I've had two done and did one myself listening to a guided CD. 
Okay, well. Fascinating, fascinating. Yes, yes. Uh, and I, I sort of felt, well, why is it that these circles, it's all, let's do readings, let's do a reading, let's do a reading. Because for me, the whole thing is, there is so much out there. Yeah. You've got readings. Um, yes, we did use a Ouija board um, on one occasion. Um, and actually, my father came through with a message telling me not to argue with my brother, <laughs> which was spot on because we'd been fighting like cat and dog at the time. Yeah. Um, psychometry, yeah. again, something I love. And I'd done it twice um, with this chap. Once at, um, he came to uh, one of our group meetings. And first of all, he came round with this tray up quite high he said i'll just take something off the tray so i took this and i held it and i thought oh ultra cold or what um closed my eyes and i could see barren landscape boulders rocks little tufts of grass and then i saw of all things or to me at the time like um, a chinese temple and lots okay. of jewels and when he came and, and said, you know, oh, okay, get back, I opened my hand, and it was like a, a white rock with crystals in it. And I handed it back to him, and um, he asked what I got, and I said uh, exactly what I just said, I told him. And I said, but it didn't make sense to me. And he said, why? He said, you're questioning things. And I said, well, first of all, barren landscape, a Chinese temple, lots of children, and he said, well, you're spot on because I picked that stone up on the path when I was hill walking in Tibet. <laughs> and the monks had actually asked us along to the temple for a service that they were giving for children on that day. Wow. wow. Um, and then he said, OK, he took his watch off and gave me his watch. And I just closed my eyes again, and I could see a nice cake, lots of balloons and streamers and things. And I saw this watch gift box, black velvety thing. And he just, when I said to him, he just looked at me and he went, you're spot on. He said, that was given to me as a gift um, at our engagement party by my wife. <laughs> And I, 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 I questioned things, and I was like, oh, wow, why? How did that come about, you know? Yeah. Um, and in circle, again, he came round with things, and he said, right, okay, so I took this. I could see emerald green, lots of grass, um, mountains, and I took it to be Southern Ireland, horse racing, and then, of all things, a boat on the Norfolk Broads. And I gave it back to him, and... I told him, and he said, you've done it again. And I said, what? He said, that was my grandmother's brooch. It was gold with a green enamel channel leaf. Um, she came from Southern Ireland. She did like watching horse racing on the television, but it was always, oh, I bet you £10 that one will win. There was never any money involved. Yeah. And the last, the last holiday we took her on was on a boat on the Norfolk Broads. Wow. And I still question, like, how, why, how does all this work? Um, yes, yeah, it's almost like 
inanimate objects hold, I don't know, memory, don't they? They do. They do. How that works, not a clue. Psychometry, yeah. How, well, they say that even stones, even though they're not alive, they are still vibrational atoms. Yes, yeah. But then that's... If you get to that level, it's almost like, and stones have memories, so do they have emotional feelings? <laughs> yes, yes. I, mean, I, I assume they don't, but... Don't shout at that brick wall, you might upset it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's amazing. We'll have to delve deeper down in all these other subjects in future shows, because... Yeah, sounds I'll good. We'll end up having, like, a nine-hour episode of <laughs> all the information and stuff. Uh, but we are going to get you back, Kev, for a, lot, for a lot more stuff. I know Billy wants to ask you loads of questions about spirituality and stuff. I know Billy's obsessed with aliens and UFOs, so I'm sure well, you'll probably... something else I've ex- seen and experienced. Yes. Yeah, so I think that's something that I'll let Billy ask you about the aliens. I mean, he, he loves it since a kid, aliens, UFOs, and I know you've had, you said you've had experiences with that. So you, at the moment you're looking to either find a group in the Norfolk area or yeah. set up your own group and... Yeah, yeah. Um hopefully um but unfortunately with the situation in the country the way in the world the way it is at the moment um it's getting together it's getting out to venues and and that sort of thing um but fingers crossed um next year and hopefully um get things going that'd be awesome yeah i want to thank you for coming on for the first episode we're going to have you again and he's going to be picking your brains massively. Uh, okay. He's really excited. I um, like a challenge. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm intrigued as well to um, hear more about your transfiguration journey as well as it moves along. Thank you. Is there any way that people can get in touch with you? Sorry? Is there any way that people can get in touch with you? Do you have a... A Facebook group yet, or are you trying to set for? Uh, I haven't done. Um, no, I mean people are quite welcome to email me if they wish. Yeah. Um, that's Kevin dot Walker, and then the number nine at Outlook dot com, and that's all lowercase. Um, and okay. got... Sorry. Do you have? Are you available for readings? Is that not something you're doing? You're just focusing um, on your self-development. Yeah. I I tend I don't do readings. Let's put it this way. I'm I know that I can. Um, but I have found that if I wanted to, then I question things, and then it's almost like. Shutters in a shop come down, and then I'm blocked, and I just get nothing. Yeah. Um, there are times when I'm in a supermarket, and I might suddenly get the urge to tap somebody on the shoulder and say, oh, by the way, this person, does it mean anything to you? Um, but no, I don't do that. So, no, I don't do readings. No, that's cool. I, I just I'm, feel Spirit were, were guiding me towards the transfiguration type work. Um, so. well, it's going to take a lot of, uh, what's the word, dedication, practice, and um, like a life, <laughs> a lifelong destiny. Because it was, it was one of those things that just started happening. Yeah. 
um, and I've never, never practiced. Um, and I just say, right, bring it on. Let's see what happens. Yeah. That's the only way for me. Anyway, personally, everybody's different. Some people will um, practice doing meditations. Some people will sit practicing with a, a candle flame, focusing on a flickering candle flame and, and such. And uh, no, that's, that's, that's just not me. No, well, if you've got a natural thing that's developed, then you just go with the flow. Sort of go with the flow, yeah. Well, it's there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you again, Kip, for coming on. And we'll get another episode very soon with you. Sounds good. Thanks again, Kevin. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Danny. Let me just stop there.